Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Sloane clung to him, her chin digging into his shoulder as her pussy flexed and released down his length. He held on, pumping into her hard and fast until his balls seized up and that bolt of energy shot up his spine. He filled the condom inside of her as her hips continued to move. Rafe had no plan to move anytime soon, but Sloan suddenly slipped off his lap and moved to her knees on the shower floor. She swiftly but carefully slipped the condom off and started to lick him clean. Neil. Yes. We have a podcast to do. We do. I was doing tongue twisters again. Sloan suddenly slipped. <laughs> In the I shower, com- no less. I saw it coming up. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but you did so well. Oh, thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Thank you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Yes, we do. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers be spoiling. Spoilers be spoiling all over the place. Every day we're spoiling. Spoiling, spoiling. <laughs> so if you don't like spoilers, uh, turn around, go buy these books, read them, and come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. You just press pause. Yeah, we'll be we'll be waiting for you. Those of you who have continued with us, welcome. Welcome back. <laughs> now to talk shit about the people who didn't come back. <laughs> Can you believe her butt? It's so big. Oh my god. <laughs> Look at her butt. Anyway. <coughs> so I picked books. You did pick the books. Tell us what books did you pick? We are reading Rafe, a buff male nanny, Loose Ends Book One by Rebecca Weatherspoon, and The Nanny by Max Hudson. Rafe. Unfortunately. <laughs> Rafe in my I've, entire life. I don't think there is a Rafe in the world. Ugh. Uh, unfortunately, The Nanny by Max Hudson is not about Fran Drescher. <sighs> it is not. Sadly. 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 But before we get into it, Claire. Yes, Neil. What's got you hot and bothered? Oh, God. This is dumb. Tell me. This is Trey Silly. Tell me. Uh, there's a man on my block, uh-huh. and he's, he's just... Uh, every Saturday and I think some Sundays on the corner, he just sells honey. He okay, okay. he takes out one of those like television trays, one of those like blonde wood like fold uh-huh. them up television trays. The so occasional a, tables, a very small yeah. table, and then puts five to twelve bottles of honey on it uh-huh. that all look sort of commercial. They don't look like he did them. And, and there are varying sizes. Uh-huh. And then he angrily stands behind the table. <laughs> he looks very unpleasant. <laughs> and very angry. And I've never seen anyone buy the honey. Who would? I don't know. Is he a CIA agent? Is what it, is he looking for? Is it the corner close to the park or the other one? By the library? Uh, it's by the library. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear that, people? Claire lives... A block or on the same block as a library and a park. Be jelly. Bam. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what. So it just looks like honey that he picked up from the store and is selling. No, genuinely, he looks like an older, angrier, larger John Wick, uh-huh. who is hunting somebody down who loves honey. <laughs> <laughs> It's a literal honey pot. It's like, yeah, like it's just like, like every time I see him, and he looks so angry. I just think it's a trap. <laughs> Fly, you fools! Oh my god, that's Fly, amazing. you fools! You catch more flies with honey. It's true. It's true. Um, I don't know what's going on what with that man. I don't want angry man. any of his honey. Nope. But honestly, just. We were talking earlier about how advertising works. And that it means Hey listeners, did you know that advertising works? Oh it works. It's- and honestly, I've seen him every weekend and there has been part of me's like, sh- sh- should I buy that honey? <laughs> Is it drugs? He hasn't been arrested yet, so no. it's probably not poison. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or it is poison, but nobody knows because nobody buys honey from an angry man on a street corner. He is so angry looking. Like, he looks utterly unpleasant. How? What are the hours that he's there? So uh, I can walk past. He is definitely there in the morning. But, like, uh, it's like 10. But okay. to late afternoon. Like, Matt and I he- walked by him. And, like, he was there. It was 3 p.m. when we walked by him the first time. So, it's, like, later in the afternoon. You could definitely have a hangover and still make it there to see him. Do you think he tried to get into the farmer's market that's, like, nine blocks away and he didn't? Or he had a falling out with them? So, this is his protest farmer's market? Maybe. I don't know. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good street corner because it's like sure. right before like several very busy streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has high visibility. Uh huh. Um, I I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if that's his honey. I don't know if it's stolen honey. I don't know where he lives. I don't know what his deal is. It's five dollars. The honey's five dollars. Okay. So anyway. Uh, I may investigate further and come back with information or he may kill me because he's actually older John Wick. Yeah. Maybe you're the person he's trying to catch. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) And then he will have attracted me with his honey. Yes. Or poo. He's waiting for Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to capture that Winnie the Pooh. That Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) God. I don't know what's going on with that guy, but, you know, it gives me hope. It's a strange town. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I feel like uh, in like 20, 30 years, there's going to be a young male novelist who's going to write his seminal work, and it's going to be all about how his father put him through school by selling jars of honey on a street corner. And then we'll look like the assholes. Yeah, we're going to look like the assholes then. I understand. But uh, for now. But for now, it's just a, a weird, angry man on the corner. <laughs> with honey. With honey. <laughs> and, and it's honestly funnier that he's angry because honey is delicious. I, <laughs> I, I forget how strange the people who live in our neighborhood are sometimes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, so, so just, you know, my neighborhood is not 100% gentrified yet. <laughs> there is a man selling honey on the street corner, and he's fucking angry about it. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, well, and me, you ask. And you, I ask. Neil. <laughs> yes. What's got you hot and bothered? 
Um, so, f- uh, friends of ours, Meg, who's a friend, who's you know, friend of the show. Um, her husband runs this book race, which you and I participated in this year. Um, he basically designed a website where you sign up and you like log the books that you've read, and there's a point system for like how difficult the book is. And then it keeps track of everyone's scores. And then if you and someone else read the same book, you get bonus points. And it's, you know, it's fun. And since we read so much for this podcast and we read the same things, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get those points, baby. Get those points. Um, <clears throat> but so a while ago now, they had the um, closing party slash for last year slash kickoff party for this year. And part of it is everyone who's there. I mean, there was good wine, good food, good company. It was a really lovely uh, event, a lovely soiree, if you will. Um, Meg has all the most amazing friends, and it, you feel like so special <laughs> to just be around. She's also hard to pin down, so she, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but part of the event is everyone goes around and just like talks a little bit about their favorite book that year, and it was just like so. I mean, like we obviously talk about these books all the time. But it was really different sitting around a circle of people who read all different types of books just to be like, this is one book from this year that really stood out for me and this is why. And it was just really lovely. And I, um, I've i never been part of a, like a formal book club or anything like that. Um, so I sometimes forget what it's like to just like have a casual conversation with someone about a book that you really love. And it was, it was lovely. It was a lovely afternoon. It really was. It was, uh, I think going back to what you're saying, the very communal feeling, Mm -hmm. but also just how giving they were. And just like, it was being very open-minded. Like, I know everybody's probably going to like this type of book and here it is, but here's Mm -hmm. also another book that I really liked. And also kind of getting in a peek into other people's like lives a little Mm bit. One of the guys brought up he this other book that he really liked, but he also read a book about the civil rights. And in the midst of talking about the struggle, um, and he was about Dr. Martin Luther King and what was happening in America during those times and just before the assassination and what was happening, he's he broke down and started to cry. Mm-hmm. And like one, it's it's lovely to see adults sit around and educate each other mm-hmm. about their own personal struggles, but also to inform other adults in a very loving way about something that can help educate them mm-hmm. to other people's struggles. But also it's, I think you and I work in, an, in this industry where we're putting out art and mm-hmm. we're putting out things that we've written and you can get, you, you can get a little hard mm-hmm. to how people react to you the work. To. Right. Because, you know, unkind things come back to you, mm-hmm. but also like you just have to keep putting it out. And yeah. if you let everything affect you, you, you can't move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was hard and it was also good in his case, but in also everybody else's to see people being truly affected by mm-hmm. other people's art deeply and importantly and in a way that resonated beyond the time that they were holding the book. Mm-hmm. And it made me glad to be there, but also to do what we're doing, which I yeah, know yeah, is, yeah. it can sometimes be very cruel and I'm not going to lie. It can, yeah. but it can all is also affirming. And that yeah. 
it feels good to be a part of a, a larger, richer culture of people mm-hmm. who are creating all the time. Right. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah. Um, shall we talk about some, uh, as my ex-roommate would, deems them, fuck books? Yes, fuck books! Ah, oh, let's get to fuck books. Rafe, a buff male nanny. Loose Ends, book one, by Rebecca Witherspoon. All Dr. Sloan Copeland needed was someone to watch her kids. What she found was the man of her dreams. After a nasty divorce and a thousand-mile move, Dr. Sloan Copeland and her twin daughters are finally getting the hang of their new life in Los Angeles when their live-in nanny bails with no warning. Sloan is left uh, scrambling to find a competent caretaker to wrangle her smart, sensitive girls. Nothing less will do. Enter Rafe Whitcomb. He's all of those things, not to mention good-natured and one heck of a whiz in the kitchen. Kitchen. He's also tall, handsome, and bearded, and ripped, and tatted, wrist to neck. It doesn't take long for the Copelands to invite Rafe into their, ho- into their home, and just as quickly, both Sloan and Rafe find themselves succumbing to a heady mutual attraction neither of them wants to deny. With every minute they spend under the same roof, uh, the working mom can't help but wonder if Rafe could handle all her needs. Ooh. A standalone romance um, is fluffy. So fluffy. It's fluff. Low angst. Fluff, featuring a large, tatted, uh, motorcycle-riding ginger man who bakes a mean bacon quiche and knows exactly how to wrangle clever six-year-olds and making her mom feel loved, loved, loved. And that, that's what that book says that it's about. That last bit was unnecessary. I well, I mean, sometimes these books are like, this is exactly what you want. Is this what you want? This is what's this happening. Is what this, this is exactly but I do love it. It's fluffy. So fluffy. It is fluffy. So it fluffy. Is, it is at times. But honestly, there was... Okay, there's no angst between the mains. Right. <laughs> As if, like, that's their dishes. There's no angst between the main characters. Correct. There is right. angst elsewhere, but none so between the main characters. I, I predict that this book... Talking about this book will not be interesting for the listeners because it's two grounded adults working through their feelings in a way that is mature and helpful. Yes, yes, yes. And then there's a happy ending. Like, that's pretty much yeah. all that happens. No, and I absolutely love that there's moments he's like, oh, I'm attracted to this lady. I'd better tell her. Hey, I'm attracted to you. Oh, great. Thank you for letting me know. It's a little awkward for me to hear that. No, no, I get that. And it was awkward for me to say it. I hope you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, after I've had time to process that, um, I just want you to know I'm also attracted to you. And I don't know what to do with that because you're living under my roof and care for my children. Yes, yes, yes. That is difficult. Why don't you take a moment and when you know what you want, you come to me. Great. I want you to fuck me hard. I can do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that that's, that's pretty much the book. <laughs> that's actually like the f- f- that's that's within two pages. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of that, there's more book, but that's sure, within two sure. pages. Okay, so there's Doctor Sloan Copeland, and her da- her twin daughters Avery and Addison um, are living in LA, having left Seattle, where her ex is. His name is Drew. Fucking Drew. Fucking Drew. Ugh, we'll get into it. <laughs> so she, Dr. Sloan, is like 
She's a hot genius heart doctor. She's a wunderkind. Oh, yeah. Like, like literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, the lead cardi- cardio surgeon at, like, ULA, University of Los Angeles. That's not a real place, is it? Uh, and it was funny the amount of real things and not real things that were in this book. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good mix as far as things go. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, like, so, UCLA. Yeah, essentially. And she's... Uh, 36 or something yeah she's way young yeah um, so, like, and yeah she started she like started going to college when she was 16 or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so she's real good at her job and she has these two precocious twins they're six she loves them they're great i i enjoyed the kids i also believed that they were six i believed that they were six i believed that they were six and they did oh also they were precocious but real children. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they had meltdowns. I appreciate it. this writer did a really good job. She never wrote the meltdown. She right. never wrote them being horrible and hard uh-huh. to take. Uh-huh. But it was there. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't absent. Oh, like this made childcare look like a job. Right. It's hard. Right. It's not always fun. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. You do need another person. But, like how how much time was spent wrangling the girls into the bath to like wash their hair. Oh my god, hair. that scene was adorable. Was so when the one of them runs out naked and like hides in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I think Rafe describes it as like she's a she's giving her best audition for alone and uh, naked and afraid <laughs> yeah. in the kitchen while her mom's coming and trying to wrangle her back into the bath. No! <laughs> uh it was good. It was, it was, it was good. really good. Um, so she, you know, has these daughters, this giant house, and she's very busy. She's a single mother who works all the time because she's a surgeon. Um, so she has a live-in nanny, and the book begins with her getting home, and the nanny quit and just left. And left the kids alone for like four hours. Yeah. But they're six, so they just watch TV. It was fine. Yeah, but even, like, the, the mom comments, like, she's lucky. Like, that could have gone very poorly. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, and she 100 is, like, 100% is just happy it went so well. That yes. it could have gone yeah, much yeah, yeah. worse. So then she's, like, so she texted her, she texts her friend, Zenny. Oh, my God. I love Zenny. So much. Yes, yes, yes. She's a preschool teacher. She is sassy. She's a witch. <laughs> yeah, she's a witch. But, but like real, like real life witch, not like Harry Potter witch or whatever. Um, so she's like when um, Sloane tells her that that uh, the previous nanny quit. Then he's like, "Just give the word, and I'll put a hex on her." <laughs> that fucking bitch. <laughs> So, oh my god, Zenny's the best. I love Zenny. And Zenny's like, oh, um, yeah, I'll ask around the school to see if anybody knows about a free nanny. So the friend actually influences the plot, which is so rare in these things. I know, I know, and like in in a very good way. Right. Like, so because she's a preschool teacher, she interacts at what's with, obviously a nice a, a nice yeah, private school. This is school. a very nice private school. She interacts with the parents all the time and knows like who has a nanny who can recommend nannies and blah, blah, blah. And so, and she mentions it to a colleague and one of the colleagues students, like the family just up and went to Australia and the nanny stayed here. And she was like, Oh, he's available, blah, blah, blah. 
Enter Rafe, who, as the the book jacket told us several times, he is tall, bearded, tatted, buff, redhead. Every single uh, thing uh, this man uh, did made me yell at the book because I was like, shut the fuck up. This man is impossible. I know. But I didn't mind. <laughs> like, like, he had this crazy ass neck tattoo. He, like, well, okay, see, here's, here's, okay. So a bunch of these types of books, especially when they're fluffy, fluffy, are not well written. Yeah. But this book. This book is very well written. Very well written. Yeah. Kind of one of the nice things is, so you know she's wealthy without uh-huh. even hearing she's a doctor. Without hearing any of that at the top because she's driving home in a very nice car. It's a, like a Mercedes or something. She's in the garage and every like, you know a rich person when their garage is perfectly well organized yeah so her perfectly well organized garage she has a mud room she, has she an, lives in la and she has a mud room right like what yeah and then and like and then she so has a, reading that because it just said ula and i was like and at that point i'd forgotten that it takes place in los angeles so i was like oh is it like university of louisiana somewhere okay because that is a place where people have mud rooms it's like no it's la i'm like this bitch just has an extra room (laughs) all right yeah but no and that's what it felt like you could you could feel how wealthy she was without anybody saying the thing yeah and then when it moved to rafe like he's just he's living in his parents house Mm -hmm. but when he's taking a phone call he sits down on his um on his workout bench. So, you know, it's like, you know, so you know he works out. Yeah. We haven't even talked about how buff he is, and you know he's buff. Uh-huh. Like, just by the way they said it. Like, you did, if you didn't get the cover, if you didn't get any other descriptions, you know this guy's buff, you know he's kind, you know he cooks, you know he takes care of children, and he had some trouble with the law, and he doesn't have a lot of money right now in mm-hmm. general, but he's good with it. Yeah. Like, you know that. Yeah. And it was, without them saying it, and it was like, oh, Good job, Buck. Yeah. Really good job. Yeah. Um, so he is, he is recently out of, he was offered to, like, the family offered to, like, bring him over to Australia. He's like, nah, I think I'm over, like, I'm ready to move on from being a nanny and blah, blah, blah. Because he fell into it taking care of his half-sisters. Because his mother passed away. His dad remarried. Um, oh, my God. His stepmom is a hoot, too. <laughs> Uh, um, so they, they get introduced and they sort of talk and like their first initial conversation, I was like, oh, this writer either has hired a nanny or has been a nanny. Cause like the things that they talk about were things that I wouldn't even like, he asked questions I wouldn't even think to ask, not having spent any time around children. (laughs) lately listeners neil higgins picked the, these books <laughs> yes i did i actually and skipping ahead i i kind of liked the kid in the other book too like i felt that kid was pretty believable too the three-year-old i did not oh okay. but we'll get into that but i don't know i just assume but she wasn't unpleasant to read right children can be very unpleasant to yeah. read and yeah. neither neither of these children were right Okay, um, so they they sort of chit chat, and then he's like, "Oh, by the way, I think you're foxy," and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, we'll just keep it professional." Um, and because uh, she had a helicopter mom, and then against her mother's wishes, married this guy who drew, who we find out is a garbage person, um. And basically, he married her and had kids because, like, 
that reflects well on him and his status. And so this is this this book is primarily about a very accomplished woman who is like on her own for the first time in her life, but is also responsible for raising her two children and her learning what she wants out of a relationship and how to ask for it. And it's great. It's yeah. so lovely. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's the, again, like, the plot isn't terribly interesting when you describe it, because it's just them, like, having little moments, having little thoughts, and then, of course, like, they deal with crises with the kids and this and that and whatever, and it's also hard for her because she um, works so much and her hours are kind of irregular. Which is why she needs it. A live-in nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, so not just a nanny, but a but live-in. A live-in nanny. Um, and then it's just them, like, their relationship escalating in a way that's just like, oh, I'm also attracted to you, but, like, no, we're just going to keep it professional. Okay, maybe not super professional, but, like, let's just get to know each other as people first before we, like, think about anything. And there are a couple moments that he was like, oh, yeah, well, if you want to fuck, just let me know. Um, and it's obvious that she's kind of, you know, shy and reserved. And he's like, yeah, you can just send me a text. And she's like, it's just that easy? And he's like, well, why shouldn't it be? You know? There were there were a couple times that it, I felt the book kind of um, glossed over the strain that being an employer-employee would have in this situation. Like, it just kind of like, oh, no, it's fine. It's like, no, what ha-? Like, it... Especially, not that, not that I especially expect- when one of them is taking care of your children. Right. And it's not that I expected either of them to be dicks about it. But, like, you going into that situation, it's like, you don't know this person. So, like, these are concerns that you would have. And those didn't come up enough for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, for the most part, it's just them, like, being mature adults talking about their relationship and what they want. And, but then, oh my God, then things kind of go off the rails with Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they just talk about the relationship. They had the, the sex, the sex escalates in that like, and it's good. Oh, she loves sucking that D girl. She loves it. She loves it. Ah! She loves it. And also it's big. It's real big. It's re- like, this is the first book where I really feel like, so often in these books, they'll say, oh, she had a hard time getting her mouth all the way around, but she, she got there. And this book is like, nope, she's not, she can't get that whole thing nope. in. And nope. she's, she's not going to try. Like, she's going to keep working at it, but she can't put that whole thing in her mouth. <laughs> and also, so obviously she isn't a virgin, but when she was like, oh, the only person I've ever been with is true. And, like, you look at her life, it's like, oh, she, like, went through school really young. Her mom, like, went with her to college and, like, sat in on classes with her. So it's like, oh, it's obvious that Drew's the first person that she ever had a chance to have sex with. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. It's perfectly justified. And also sort of, like, another sense, like, of social anxiety or something, Mm -hmm. like, that she can't read the signs. Right. And... And doesn't really because she hasn't had to and doesn't really right. want to right and then also it like serves as like her relationship with drew serves as like her foundation of her experience with relationships and then this is her learning oh men can be nice there is a nice guy out there who will like take care of my kids and give me that good good loving good stuff yeah and and there was a couple of scenes with like her family, her friends, his family, his friends. Uh-huh. And they all served as like 
places where we get to know the characters better, but also mm-hmm. where concerns can be voiced as well as like uh, assurances rested. Like, so yeah. if there was any like worries about that, there was like a lot of devil's mm-hmm. advocates to say the one side and yeah. then somebody yeah. to reason it out on the other. Zenny, Sloane's mom and Rafe's stepmom all gave really good advice and the main characters listened to it. Yep. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and they, they, it wasn't any of the, what I was concerned about was one of those characters would come in and say, you should not do this, blah, 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 get in their head. And then the next time they're with their partner, they'd be like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't be doing yeah. this and I'm not going to talk about it. No, the, the friend would give good advice like, okay, so but this man's taking care of your children. You need to talk to him frankly about your feelings and set up boundaries. Yeah. And she comes back and instead of like waiting until like it's along and having a crying session about it, she's like, so let's set up some boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. no, I agree. We should do that now. I appreciated too that as Sloan was sort of coming into things like like they hooked up once or twice and she was like, like, I can't do casual sex. I'm not that kind of girl. And like, there's nothing wrong with being that kind of girl. That's just not who I am. And it like it went out of its way to be like, oh, Sloane's not saying like, oh, I'm not a slut. It's just like, oh, that's just not who I am. Right. And then there's another moment where she's like, okay, well, I need to figure out what I want this relationship to be. Do I want... It's like, um, you know, like, fuck buddy, friend, or the future daddy of baby number three or something like that. And it's kind of like, all of those choices are equally valid. She just needs to figure out which one she wants. Yep. I'm like, good. Thank you so much, this book. But I also like that while we didn't get too, too, too much into Rafe's sexual history either, it yeah. also didn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. It didn't there feel were... like all the girls ever. Right. But. Right. It felt like a, a normal amount. Yeah, it did. There were too many characters in this book, though. I... So many people. And also, so this is called Lucen's book one because. The, um, Rebecca Weatherspoon is using this series to tie up loose ends with characters from other series. Oh. So when there's the scene by the pool with all the friends, and there's like that whole backstory that we're completely missing because we didn't read that series. Oh, right, right, right. So it's kind of it's. I would I would argue that this book is not a good jumping in point for her as a writer because it's just like here's the stuff you know absolutely nothing about and these characters here's my headcanon for other characters right this characters these characters that she takes for granted we already are familiar with so it's just like oh my god everyone has so many friends it felt realistic obviously but at the same time it's just like I don't know who these people are. I can't no. keep them straight. I'm sorry. I'm no. Sorry. Anyway, so happy, good, they're great adults. What happens with Drew? Get oh into God. it. So, um, the Drew wants he gets like he gets the girls for one weekend a month or something like yeah. that. Um, and and they drop the girls off at the airport. They're unaccompanied, and then he picks them up on the other end. Yeah. Yep. Um. And it's Sloane knows that it's his mother who's actually going to be taking care of the girls. Um, and it was said in such a way that she, I don't think she necessarily felt any animosity against the, she, she doesn't, the ex-mother. Yeah. She doesn't dislike her ex-mother-in-law. Like there she's, was, she's there okay was, with that. Yeah. Woman taking care of her. She, kids. yeah, she thinks, yeah, yeah, she yeah. thinks she's a good mother. She, she didn't necessarily like her as a person. Sure. Like, she's like, well, she's great when she gets what she wants. 
Yeah. Which, but eh. what she does. Yeah. Yeah. So then um while the while the girls are gone, um Sloane and Rafe who this whole time they've been like hooking up like quick quick little liaisons here and there because it's like there are two six year olds who even when they go to bed, like, who knows? So that so they're like, oh my god, they're gone all weekend. We'll have a whole weekend, and we'll just bone all weekend. And so there's a lot of great sex. I scenes. feel like she put in her calendar bone down weekend. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Was that the weekend he took her to the party, the block party? Yep. So like they've introduced each other to family. And he says at the top, he's like, okay, here's the thing. I want to take you to this party, and she's like, yeah, I want to go. He's like, I want to introduce you as my girlfriend, like. That's what I want. And if you if you don't want that, I, we shouldn't go to this party. Yeah. And then when we're with your kids, that's what I want, by the way. And and she's like, and he's like, are you prepared for that? And she goes, yes. When the kids get home, we'll talk to them about it. Yes. Because oh. they're adults. Because they're, they're, they're adults. Um, so then it's, it's such a great weekend. They have so much sex. They go to this block party. Um, one of... Rafe's half sisters is like starstruck by Sloane. It's just like, oh my god, you're such, you're so inspirational, and so it's really sweet. And um, we haven't even brought this up. Uh, Sloane is black, and Rafe is white, but Rafe's stepmom is black. Yep. And so they have a whole, you know, they have their like, let's have our chat. We know what's going on, kind of thing. And then also, I really loved. Um, like the issue like or the the whole production around um the twins hair and like and her hair too and her hair too and that whole process and that it's like oh well his half sisters are half black so he and he took care of them so he's like yeah like i i know the basics of you know, like how to handle the situation, and we're all being right. I still need to. I still need to look at a tutorial. Yeah, and <laughs> it's gonna take me a while. And I also appreciate that the girls were like, like that. This is not easy, and uh-huh. nobody was enjoying getting their hair mm-hmm. done, but they enjoyed it when it was done. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then that served as a counterpoint because later, when they're they're interacting with Drew, he rubs one of the girls' hair against her part. And Sloane sees it, and, he's, and she's like, nah, nah, bro, nah. <laughs> and, like, like the little girl don't. is like, ugh. I read that, I read that and was like, fuck Drew. Fuck, fuck Drew. Drew. And so, anyway, so the girls are away. Hasn't even bothered to learn anything about his daughters. Nope. Fuck Drew. The, go- the girls are away. Sloane and Rafe just bone down. They go to the block party. They have a, a gay old time. Um, and then they go to pick the girls up from the airport. They are sobbing. The girls are sobbing. And they're like, what is going on? And then Drew shows up. And apparently one of them had seen Rafe and Sloane kiss and was like, oh, yeah, he's going to be our new daddy, which they had already brought up. I loved that they were constantly, like, scheming together. It's like, yeah, that's what siblings do, especially that's what twins do. So then Drew tries to fight um, Rafe in the airport. In the fucking airport. And so the thing about Rafe, he's been in prison. (laughs) After, it was after, during and after high school, he would like, 
hot wire cars, getting fights, like all this shit. And he's been in prison. And he's like, I don't want to do that ever again. No, thank you. So then Drew's trying to fight him. And he's just like, okay. And we find out after the fact, he's like, if it had just been the two of us, I, I probably would have fucked his shit up. Yeah. But because there's was almost a, a sense like he had his like hand on Drew's forehead <laughs> and Drew was just like swinging, swinging away. <laughs> but and then, Rafe was like, Ugh. and then yeah. like when the cops came, Rafe was like, Ugh, okay. And like, let him go. <laughs> so then Drew like runs into him or something. That's what it felt like reading yeah, yeah, it. I yeah, know yeah, it was yeah. actually way better written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like that's was going on. Like, yeah. So I really appreciated that, you know, like R- Rafe was ready to like, fuck the ex up but he had the, the wherewithal to be like a i'm in public i don't want to go to prison again b that's not what i should be doing and c the the girls are right there and i don't want them to see me beating up their dad right um and then i did appreciate too that the the those like the college age girls that were also at the luggage claim they were like oh my god we filmed everything here's my number let me know if you need anything if you want to press charges it's just like <laughs> Everyone was so helpful in this situation. So it was just interesting. For me, Drew felt a little cartoony because he he is the villain of a romance novel, whereas Sloane and Rafe and everyone else in this book are actual humans. Yeah, agreed. So, and I think um, the fact that he was so far away, like, I don't know, I got, at some moments it felt to me like the author had kind of painted herself in a corner, that he was that far away. Whereas, like, if he were in, like, San Diego, it's, you know, like, it's a... He could have driv- driven out, but, like, we could have seen him more. It's a several-hour drive, so it's far enough that he wouldn't be there all the time, but it's still closer that he could just, like, show up at a moment's notice kind of thing. That That's that's my, like, one... Like, yeah, I mean, there are people that are that awful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, but... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he did... It was just so obvious. Yeah, and it just... I, and I, I knew that moment, this moment, or some moment was coming. What I did appreciate was it wasn't like him breaking into the house trying to rape her. Oh, yeah, no. Super happy about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was just like, nobody liked him, not even the twins. He was so obviously horrible. And the hint that even the mother-in-law was kind of a little awful, too. Yeah. It was just like, everything about that was terrible. Right. I just think it would have been... I, I, I think it would have been more interesting if he would just like buy the girls things instead of actually having to take care of them. So they really, they, so they liked hanging out with him cause they'd get stuff. But then the tension within Sloan having to like deal with what a dick he is, but not saying anything about it in front of the girls kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think that's, it. Oh wait, I have a quote that I. Let me see really fast. Oh, something that I really enjoyed about this book is that it actually had page numbers and not just location numbers. <laughs> why do, why do books have location numbers on tablets? It's so obnoxious. Hey, you can change it. Not all of them. A bum bum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I just never cared. <laughs> I do. I know. I know. I, no, I, it makes sense to me. I, I know why it makes sense. I, I was like, I just assumed they all did it. It was like, oh, bum, bum, bum. Team, shut the hell up, Drew. <laughs> that was Sloan the- was glad we're all on team. Shut the hell up, Drew. <laughs> this, uh, the, this, this book was great. So here's a quote that I wanted to read 
um, that like to me encapsulates the relationship of uh, Rafe and Sloan. He says to her, I feel like you're mine. Not in a possessive fucked up way. I feel like you've taken up the space in my heart that's just getting bigger and bigger. I feel like the fucking Grinch after he gave into Christmas. She's like, oh, that's so sweet. Aww. And it's like, it's the words of like, I feel like you're mine. No, 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 no. Like, that's the ambiguity of the English language. And like, here's, here's what it, here's the, like the romance trope, but like, here's the actuality of what I'm feeling behind that. And I feel like there was a lot of that in this book, and I really liked it. And her, oh my god, Zenny was so amazing. I love Zenny so much. And then the book ends. Zenny like randomly got married to some Scottish guy. Oh, so there's a Zenny Cliffy. Zenny Cliffy. Oh, and they have a third kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, of course. Yeah, they have a son. So he, it it skips ahead three years. I was like, oh my god, three whole years. <laughs> But they got married after one year, right? They got married after six months. Woo! But then they waited two years before having a kid. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. About the same timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> but then also, like, they've known each other for several months because the girls start preschool. And mm-hmm. so this takes place over several months. So, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that book. That was that book. Yay! The Nanny by Max Hudson. Trevor Rains is looking for a nanny. As a professional hockey player, it shouldn't be a hard task, but with his mother vetoing anybody she thinks Trevor will sleep with, it becomes more difficult. Until Nicholas Burchard walks into their life, instantly bonding with Trevor's daughter, Gabrielle, and charming Trevor's mother, Nick is chosen as Gabrielle's nanny. With his daughter growing attached and the late nights after hockey games bringing Trevor and Nick closer together, their relationship soon moves into dangerous territory. Teammates and family alike try to convince Trevor that sleeping with his nanny will only end in disaster. And though Gabrielle has had enough problems in her life with people abandoning her, Trevor can't stop himself from this thing he and Nick are doing together. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this, the, the syntax on this book is difficult. When everything falls apart and Trevor is left with a daughter who's mad at him, teammates who are saying, I told you so, and a broken heart that's still desperately in love with Nick, he's going to have to figure out a way to put his life back together, even if that life doesn't include Nick. Please note, this book contains adult language and steamy adult activities. It is intended for 18 plus adults only. Novel approximately 60,000 words in length. H-E-A, parentheses, happy ever after ending does not end with a cliffhanger. Themes include establishing relationships, developing feelings, coming out, secrets and lies. That's, that's what the book said. <laughs> the face that Claire's making right now is priceless. Uh, that's not what happens in this book. Claire, tell me about this book. Uh, okay, sure. He's a hockey player. Uh-huh. Probably. <laughs> He's a hockey player. Um, he does have a daughter and uh-huh. he does need a nanny and he has yes. decided he needs a live in nanny because he also does away games. Yes. And he's not going to be taking her with yep. and he needs somebody there. His mother um, is older and yep. seems to be taking care of her husband. Yes. Question mark slash yes. maybe just doesn't want to do it. And so. And they live in Florida. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's in Chicago. Right. And so she can't be there for him. And he can't like just quit the team and just be a stay at home dad. So he needs a living nanny. She's there to help him try to find somebody. Uh Uh-huh. Which is great. She's very good at that. She is actually. Um, Trevor is not. Trevor's not good he at it. He doesn't ask any real questions in the no. interview. No. And like this, like the back cover, um, I feel like I'm going to keep going back to what it's not based on that. Yes. She's not looking for somebody based on whether or not he'll have sex with them. Uh-uh. She's looking for a good nanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and is having a hard time because, you know, yeah, sure, there's a lot of cute girls and she doesn't want him to have sex with them. But she's more or less thinking like, oh, I want to make sure they're mature enough to handle what's probably a difficult situation. <laughs> um, enter in. Enter in Nick, who is a nice enough guy. I assume. Okay. He's a we don't get to know him cardboard man cardboard man who says okay there was a very weird interaction right at the top like oh was it when they were leaving yeah and he's just like well fuck you it was, here I wrote I wrote that down oh thank Hold you on. because it was um, so awkward I thought I highlighted when he was it. leaving and Trevor says good night Nicholas and Nicholas says fuck you and then instantly realizes that that's not what he should have said. <laughs> read that section several times i was like yeah no but but why why did did you say say that that? and then trevor's like oh well i mean i don't mind swearing i'm a hockey player just don't swear in front of my kid okay have a good night it's like but why did he say fuck you why did he say that (laughs) it wasn't like there was like we were in because we were never inside Nick's mind. Nope. Good. This was a one-sided it's, romance. It's cardboard. He's a cardboard. But literally, we were never got the yeah, narrative yeah, yeah, yeah. from inside either. So, like, I don't know if he was thinking in his head the whole time. Man, I want to fuck this guy. I wish I could fuck you. Fuck you. So when he says good night, he's like, yeah, fuck you. Wait. Oh. Oh. Oops. But even that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I. I. And that happened all the time in this book where words were said. And I, they didn't make sense. <laughs> like, this, this, the syntax in this book is all over the. Drove me. It was insanity. Okay, here's an example. He doubted he was going to get that, given Gabrielle knowing when he would be home, but still wanted to sleep. Yeah. What did you just say? I have so many examples that I. <laughs> it was so strange. And, okay, so he hires Nick, and then he... Sorry, here's another one. Now, looking at the dumb expression on his face, the fondness on Nick's as he stared down at Gabrielle, and one looking right at Trevor, had Trevor wondering what the hell he was doing. (laughs) I honestly have no idea what just happened. It's just, and and one looking right at Trevor. One what? What is happening? Yeah, here's the one I highlighted. The last time he'd had sex had been with Gabrielle's mother, and wasn't that a whole world away? What? And, and I was like, what? What? I the whole book was like this. I didn't understand what was being said to me most of the time. Nick was a cardboard man. Cardboard man. <laughs> here's sorry. One more. 
It would be so easy to say something, to ask if this thing between them was one-sided. Trevor may be losing his grip on the reality of the situation, or if Nick was being friendly because Trevor was his employer. That's one sentence. (laughs) I don't know what it's trying to say to me. Okay, so here's... I'm going to outline the book quickly. Okay. So... I'm really excited to talk about the fight that they have. Yes, please. Um, it is the dumbest. It's very strange. If, if we were to just, like, you know, like, bullet point it. He needs a nanny. Uh-huh. Uh, he, bring, he hires this guy. Uh-huh. They're both attractive to, attracted to each other. Uh-huh. That's a little bit obvious. But Nick is also kind of standoffish. Uh-huh. And well, when you say goodnight to him, he says, fuck you. Right. So. Um, it's very awkward. Uh, but it worked. Trevor uh, is an out-out with his team, but he's kind of out, but not really. We need to talk about that, Okay, we went, yeah, and that was over and over again. Was he bi? Was he gay? Oh, and then he wasn't gay. I was so fucking angry about that. Like... Well, no, because he's attracted to women. No, he is attracted to women, but I mean... What I was angry about was how upset he was at being called gay. Yes. And so, okay. and honestly, now I've met enough bi people who were happy to be called gay <laughs> because or, they felt it's an umbrella. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or even uh, like, not be like, oh, no, I'm actually bi. Yeah. Oh, okay, like, sure. Yeah, so here's the... So, or I've, I've met people who are like, oh, so are you gay? I'm bi, but yeah, gay. <laughs> like, whatever you want. Nick, Nick and Trevor are men who are both attracted to men. Neither of them once says, like, gay, queer, bi, pan, anything like that. Which is fine. You could just, like, not want to use any of those labels. But still that person would say, I don't use labels. But the thing that really... (laughs) Christine's being tortured by a cat right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) The thing that, that really irked me was... This book kept saying over and over again, Trevor didn't care who he slept with, which is not the same as Trevor didn't care about the gender of the person that he slept with. Right. So it kept being like, oh, Trevor just didn't care who he slept with. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's one time you like, he talks about, he came out to his parents, but he called it his like sexual confession. Like, I don't, I don't think the person who wrote this book is a queer person. I really wasn't quite sure what was going on sexual-wise, but anyways. Like, anyways. And, like, uh, every time he talked to his teammates, again, like, there was a large, like, there was, he wanted to keep so much of his life private. He didn't want to tell them about his kid for some really but, weird no, But here's the, do- here's the thing. He says he doesn't want to tell him about his kids, and this one guy kept asking him, but then it turns out he had actually called that guy's wife. Mm-hmm. about nannies <laughs> and he, she had given him the information oh. and that's how he had found out about the service uh-huh so in fact they knew and that's how they all they all knew and then they all kind of did know that he was lots of sexual and then <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna say lots of sexual I don't know what he what, what he wants uh, and like and so they all kind of knew that and he was a mess of a person it sounds like previous mm-hmm. to the daughter yeah. coming to the picture except here's the thing uh-huh. it kept saying that it kept saying for years he'd been a mess for years he would just like screw anything that was on legs for years for years for years like you know he'd had he drank a lot for years for years but here's the thing that's not true 
he had the last time he had had sex was with the mother of his daughter three years ago three years ago so he actually hasn't had sex for three years and in fact he hasn't even had alcohol since then much like he's every once in a while but he doesn't like to drink anymore Mm so actually for the last three years he's been pretty chill yeah in in fact very chill yep also he um, and and he didn't even know he was a father (gasps) we hardly get that story it's not explained at all. No, so like the literally with the baby mama he, he had sex with this woman, didn't know he got her pregnant. She didn't say anything. She didn't want to have a daughter. She more or less abandoned the daughter to her parents and or to her mother and sister, and then picked her up one day and abandoned her instead to Trevor, I guess. I wasn't quite sure what happened. Right, because he no, because he said that And then he she sued for up custody. So she like Gave the kid to a lawyer to hand off to him. I don't understand. Yeah, and then he fought for custody, and now he has it, and now he loves her to death. What? See, and then the thing was, like, how comfortable she was with him. See, and this is the thing, like, where we were talking about realistic children. Oh, my God. Okay, so I don't know. I'm also not a parent. And I mean, I've spent a lot of time around babies. You've spent a lot more time around children than I have, so. But... Um, the way she was so immediately comfortable with him, like, was awkward for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, but actually we've only known each other a couple days? Months? Mm-hmm. How long? What's going on? We also don't get that timeline. How long has he been a father? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the, the fuzzy time. So anyway, so he's so all of this like back and forth with his teammates. He and Trevor, obvi- or he and Nick, obviously like each other. They have sex. It's great. And then, or not? I, what? They they keep talking about how much they want to fuck each other, but Trevor keeps coming too soon. <laughs> That's right. So the first time it's handies. The second time, Nick Trevor. Yeah, Nick fingers Trevor, and then it's not until the very end that they actually fuck. Yep. Yep. It's so bizarre. It was so bizarre. And also, so then Nick is like, hey, so we need to figure out you and me. And uh, Trevor's like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. And then Nick is like, you know, if we have a you and me, I shouldn't be the babysitter anymore. Like, I shouldn't be the nanny. And Trevor's like, well, then you need to get the fuck out. Yeah, I and then Nick's like, "Okay," and he leaves. My, my understanding <laughs> that they broke up. It was so weird. My understanding of that too was that Nick was like, "Hey, I'm like, you haven't been with someone in three years. I'm helping take care of your daughter. I, I'm, I have the worry that like your feelings for me aren't as deep as you think that they are." Which is totally and realistic like, fuck you yeah. fuck you blah 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 and then the rest of the book they're both like oh we both said some things we shouldn't have said like nick goes to talk to gabrielle and it's like oh i said something mean to daddy so i have to go it's like no you no you didn't what is what is happening like i got i read through it and i got to the point that he was leaving and i was like did i miss yeah what did i miss i had to I go had back to go and back read and it reread it be like oh this is the thing that he said, I worry that you are like, I and and it's not even just like I think this is what's happening. It's just like, 
given your situation, this is a concern that I have. Yeah, and it, I was like, oh, this is rational. And it, it was so rational, in fact, that when we, I was reading Rafe, I thought he was going to bring it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, no, because that was the only part of the nanny that made sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, because, because then also, so at this point, um, Nick had gone, to, and Nick and Gabrielle had gone to see one of uh, Trevor's games. Also, I don't know why he's taking a three-year-old to watch a hockey match. They are exceedingly violent. Yeah, I, yeah. Also, you can't tell people apart. It's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's and also yeah. like like there was this funny point. He's like, oh, I can imagine that you do. You are egotistical enough to have your own jersey. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, that's not to. egotism. He wore, he wore it's, it. It's they're a championship winning team. He's probably very proud of the work he does. Right. Also, he's expected to wear it at. At the games and other things and uh, around. And of course, they'd have a child size one. Like he says, oh, I had it special made for her. Why would he have to have it special made? They probably sell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to like have a seamstress <laughs> make a professional NHL like child size numbered shirt. No, no, fuck you. No. Um, so Nick took Gabrielle to one of the games and then the the fan blogs went crazy over that because it was like this guy with Trevor's kid and like what's that about? Oh my god! So then his friend on the team Jetty comes up to him and is like, "Hey, so that's kind of about your nanny? Like that's kind of and it, it like I don't know the the ins and outs of." hockey but like the situation it was basically like for most players it's the wife or the girlfriend that does the thing that nick did so he's like yeah you brought your nanny instead of like a girlfriend and like or like even your mom and like that's a little you know and jenny honestly is just like so i just want to like check in with you and just like make sure you know that there's going to be like rumors and like speculation i just want to like make sure that you're okay and like also i'm your friend so and I now here's you. trevor fuck you you don't know me you don't know what's i don't know huh. hey don't i mean i like i like i like i like people i i have sex with anybody <laughs> there was one point where it said like oh some of the guys in the look after after also he's uh reluctant to talk about to tell everyone that he's a daughter and then as soon as he does everyone's like oh congratulations Anyway, and then he gets in a fight with Jetty and just, like, screams in front of the whole locker room. Just like, yeah, so what if I am fucking my nanny? And storms out. And then after that, it's like, oh, yeah, some of the guys in the locker room were avoiding him. It's because he's, you know, like, because of his sexual confession. I'm like, no, it's because you yell at people when they try to help you. That's why they're avoiding you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Also, you shouldn't just have sex with your nanny. That is correct. That isn't great. They're towards the end when, of course, they get back together. There's a point where Nick starts to say something and Trevor starts to get angry. But then he's like, no, I should wait to hear what he has to say. That's something that we're working on. We're working on. Also, like you're just now learning to like let people finish talking before you fly off the handle. Run, Nick. Run, cardboard man. Cardboard man. <laughs> you, and, you and a nice, and a nice you know, particle board man can just <laughs> have a nice flat family together. <laughs> It was so. There was one point too where 
because Nick is from Canada. Nick and Trevor were talking, and Trevor's like, hey, I really appreciate that you understand how important Gabrielle is to me. And like, you yeah. And Nick's like, you don't have to thank me for that. Like, that's... Of course she's important to you. And and then the narrative is like, oh, Trevor forgot that, like, Nick was Canadian and, like, some prejudices don't go across borders or something weird. Yeah, like, like, only Canadians are polite enough to be like, no, I think you should find your daughter important. <laughs> like, what? What is happening? This um, book is nonsense. It's gobbledygook <laughs> nonsense. Uh, remember the, um, remember the Halloween party? That the team held for no, all of the team's children. because we got there and we went home from it. Right. We didn't spend any all, time at the party. All the interesting things we skipped. Well, we, did, we didn't spend any time at the party except in flashback. Sort of. Referring where, to. Referring to things uh, where I don't know what happened at that party, but everybody got trashed. <laughs> it was Nick did. Nick was like humping people on the dance floor and there was like video of it and Nick got wasted the nanny at a party where he was ostensibly supposed to be watching Gabrielle got fucking wasted. Listeners, I just had water. I had taken a sip when Claire started this whole time I've been trying not to spit it out of here. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm at work and will probably be the designated driver because it's a party for this guy, like his team. He'll probably let loose a little bit. I'm here to help watch the kid. Oh, I just got Tracy. <laughs> what the fuck is going no, on? But not only that, like, okay, there was no way to tell how much time was passing in this book. It really just felt like it was a week. Well, there was Halloween. Well, there was Halloween, but it, it didn't feel like... We never got to Christmas. We never got to Christmas, but I wasn't quite so sure. Time between mid-October and late November. We never got to Thanksgiving. No, but it... So this was like two months. It did feel like that, but... It did say that a couple of nights, like, Nick had stumbled into the house drunk, a little too loud and handsy, and Trevor had found it endearing. What? When? Why? Why is Nick drunk all the time? Therefore. What's wrong, Goodman? A Goodman? Hold this liquor. It just soaks all into him. Because <laughs> he's cardboard. Why is he getting drunk? I don't understand. But see, here's the other thing. And then when he leaves, it's, he was probably going to hang out with his friends because when he leaves, Trevor realizes, oh, I never asked Nick if he had any friends in Chicago. Fuck you, dickwad. Do you honestly, like, you're in love with this guy and you don't know if he has friends <laughs> in this city that he's lived in for, like, a year and a half? Also, Nick is a terrible nanny. He, he was referred by a service, but then Trevor finds out that he was letting Gabrielle do something that he didn't want her to do, or like a certain behavior that he wanted to like, like train out of her. And he approached Nick about it, and Nick was like, yeah, I just like, you know, she was like being difficult, and I didn't want to talk to you about it because you'd think that I like don't know what I'm doing. Like, have you never had to like, reprimand a child before or talk to parents about it you you're not a good nanny whereas <sighs> rafe very specifically had a conversation with sloan it's like oh let's talk about your style of parenting so that i can like support your style of parenting yes. nick's just like i i do a bad job i didn't want to tell you about it 
<laughs> I guess it'd be like, oh, sorry, I did a bad job, eh? I just didn't want to talk to you, eh? Because, like, I've never dealt with a troublesome child before, eh? Like, what are you talking? Kids, kids need to be trained to not do shit all the fucking time. Yeah, no. Um, here's the other thing. So often, every, every time this book refers to them waking up, it's at 10 a.m. They're like, ugh, rolled out of bed at 10 a.m. And Gabrielle was still asleep. False. I have never met a child that slept in until 10. <laughs> like, on nope. the reg. Nope. Never. And was, but... I was especially upset when I found out Nick was also still asleep. Like, no, he's the live-in nanny. <laughs> he needs to be awake. He needs to be awake and like <laughs> take care of the child <laughs> and make keep Trevor to his diet. That was like they talked about his diet and like yeah, he's a professional. Oh, he athlete, cared so. way more way more about that diet than he cared about Gabrielle. Right, right. But yes, you're a professional athlete. You have a very strict diet. But it was like low calorie. It seemed like it was just, oh, I made you this salad to eat at lunch at practice. And I, I was like, that better be a fucking enormous salad. Yeah, no, uh, he is a hockey player. Yes. This man. He it, needs lots of calories. This man needs time. proteins. Yes. Lots of proteins, lots of calories. Uh, honestly, most of the time they can skip uh, salad. Maybe it was a salami salad. Oh, that'd be fine. Just like diced up salami with some pepperoni on top. Oh, tasty. <laughs> Oh God! This this book was like I like back to four. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, uh, no, I fight was so fucking stupid. Like it, it was also like three sentences. Yes, I didn't know it was a fight. Right, and I I don't think Nick did either because he left all his stuff there. Yeah, he he like took a duffel bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and Trevor was like, "Well, you got to come back and get the rest of your stuff." I was like, "Did he? Maybe he just went home for the weekend." I, Maybe yeah. those were his days off. I had to go back and reread it because it's just like, look, Nick's getting drunk then, somewhere. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but also, Trevor, when 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 Nick was like, "Oh, like I'm concerned. Oh, sorry, I'm real concerned that like your feelings aren't as deep as you think they are." Eh? And Trevor was like, "Well, fuck you. You feel just like my team does." And like, imagine, imagine, you are talking to a human being. <laughs> Not that that's what happened here. Um, and you're like. Oh, so this is a concern that I have about our relationship. And it's just, yeah, you and my whole team. Fuck you. Get out of my house. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Nick Cardboardman. <laughs> you, can, you can do better. Go, go find a nice construction paper man and just live in a very bland house and eat cottage cheese. And just live your bland life. Cause that's, that's Get out how- before you're torn asunder. <laughs> so, oh, let's see. Was there anything? And then I, I'm so, just, I could not get over this, the weird sentence structure. No, it was every sentence. Every sentence. Like, I was like, I don't know what you're saying to me. I, I feel like I could just like fi- go to a random page uh-huh. and... And find a weird ass way of talking. Oh, oh, and there's sex. Oh, they only said five words. Yeah. They, yeah. 
fuck me yeah do that uh that was literally it like yeah. i think i've named them all yeah. this was less than five <laughs> there was um when they actually were having actual actual sex and nick was like oh trevor hasn't had sex in a while so i'm just gonna like and he wants me to fuck him in the ass i'm just gonna like start with a finger just kind of warm things up blah, blah, blah. and he like checks in with him and trevor's like fuck you i'm not fragile like that's what he said he said that out loud to someone <laughs> while they were having foreplay. Like, what is what is happening? And the thing is, it just like followed Trevor, and he's so obtuse that we didn't get to know Nick at, at all. At all. Like he didn't ask Nick any questions about himself. He he only he only knows that he he um is from Canada and one time his parents were in town and he went out and spent time with his parents. That's all we know about Nick Cardboardman. <laughs> oh, Nick Cardboardman. Oh, God. Um, did you have anything else? No, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was that book. That was that book. <laughs> Nick Cardboardman. <laughs> Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play fuck Mary, fuck Mary, fuck Mary, fuck Mary, kill. Ready? Let's play fuck Mary, kill. Let's Mary, kill. Fuck Mary, kill. Fuck Mary, kill. Fuck Mary, kill. Are you ready? Fuck Mary, kill. Okay, Claire. Uh huh. Should we fuck Mary, kill? Oh yes, please. Let's fuck Mary, kill. Fuck Mary. Uh, do you want to go first or should I go first? I might go first. Okay. Um, so, Neil, fuck, yes. Mary kill. Yes. Nick Cardboardman. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew Carto- Cartoon Villain. Uh-huh. Or Friends Who Don't Move the Plot Forward. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay. I'm going to fuck Nick Cardboardman. Because he seemed good at it. Like, he was he was the one sort of... He was the one doing all the work. Yeah. In bed. Every single time. Yeah. Trevor's like, fuck you, I'm not fragile. I'm just gonna lie here. <laughs> I don't have time for you, Trevor. Um, so I'd fuck Nick Cardboardman. Just because it's it seems like... Because he's cute. It seems like he knows what he's doing. Uh, nobody was a virgin, so that was nice. Yeah, he's tall. He's tall. Um, I'm going to marry friends that don't move the plot along. <laughs> because uh, oftentimes, even if they don't move the plot along, they're still fun characters. And I'm okay with that. Hmm. Not always. Like, <laughs> and um, the football player... The queer one, that guy's friend, who was just a plot device. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about like the like the psychics in um, yes. Oracle Bay. They yeah. didn't move the plot along at all, no. but they were swell. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to marry them. I'm going to kill Drew because <laughs> he is the worst. I agree. I, I feel like all straight up cartoon villains can just die. Yeah. And that's fine. I sure. mean, well, I, I bet there's times when I like them, but yeah. um, no, I didn't like him at all. I mean, um, Maleficent? Ugh. Well, I mean. The, the cartoon. Yeah, I'd fuck yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck she's, her. she's the best. She's great. So sometimes cartoon villains can stay. Indeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to 
marry Nick Cardboardman. Okay. Um, I you know I feel like we just need to get to know him a little bit more. He <laughs> kind of reminds me of the gay friend in the uh, wedding planner episode. Yes. That like he has a whole life that we don't see. <laughs> That's, whole life. That's way more interesting than what's going on over here. Uh, he can dance, obviously. Yeah. Like, I, Trevor wasn't dancing. No. No. Um, and I'm going to have sex with friends who don't move the plot forward. Because <laughs> then it's just a steamy sexy. Yeah. And it doesn't impact my life at all. <laughs> I'm the exact same person does, coming out as I was going in. It doesn't change the trajectory. <laughs> It's just a thing that happens. <laughs> and sometimes it's interesting and sometimes it's not. <laughs> and sometimes it is actively confusing. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you forgive it being there without, even though it doesn't move the plot. And sometimes nor so much. It's, it's sometimes it adds. Sometimes <laughs> it takes away. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, luck of the draw. <laughs> it's, it's the delicate equation of... <laughs> friends that don't move the plot forward <laughs> that would be a really f- i don't know how you'd pull it off but that would be a really fun group halloween costume i mean i still hear by the way the friends theme song but instead it's just all the people we've covered in our books uh-huh. just standing around looking confused vaguely upset and patting us on the shoulder do 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 <laughs> no one told you that you're not going to move the plot. <laughs> oh, so no one told you that you don't have effect on the world. Great. I love it. I love it. Okay, Claire. Yes. Fuck, Mary kill. Uh-huh. Drew. Ooh. Trevor. Ooh. Salacious fan blogs. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to marry salacious fan blogs because they are addicting. I cannot get enough of them. I want more. Even when they're, even when they say terrible things, even when they say strange things, even when it's just actually a tag about something else, like on Tumblr, like when you follow a tag and then you're seeing a lot of things that you like, and then something strange comes up because it was just one person who tagged something strange. <laughs> you're like, oh, I didn't actually want to read anything about that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I will marry that. I'm addicted sure. to it. I love sure, it. Sure. Um, oh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, no. I think I'd rather <laughs> fuck the cartoon villain that is Drew. <laughs> He's probably lousy. Oh, but, you know, at least I would be rid of him. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Look, he was such a bad lay that even the girl that he was having an affair with on his wife felt the need to tell her about it. I forgot about that. (laughs) Like, she felt actively bad. I feel like you probably don't feel bad if you're the other woman. If the sex is great. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're going to kill Trevor. I am going to kill Trevor. Honestly, because as far as like main character stuff goes, uh, he was annoying. I felt like he was an awful person. He was an awful person. I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. He was like, 
when Nick Cardboardman was trying to say adult things, Trevor was impeding upon it. And, and like, <laughs> it, it was awful. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. kill Trevor. I think I'm going to marry Trevor. Oh, oh. <laughs> we are usually not so much on a different page. I know. I know. <laughs> Here's my reasoning. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to marry Trevor. And then just, like, get a divorce to get alimony. Okay. That's the plan. Okay. That's the plan. Okay. Because as much as Trevor was nonsense. Are you going to take that daughter away from him? Because I don't think he should be allowed to raise children. Oh. What are we going to do with her then? I don't want her, but I don't want to leave her with Trevor. No. And her... Sadly, her mother doesn't want her. You're just going to be another person who abandons her, Neil. (laughs) Now I feel bad. Now you're the Nick Cardboardman. (laughs) Well. I'm finally at my goal weight. (laughs) I lost a whole dimension. Look how slim I am. Your goal weight is wet cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wet cardboard soaked in whiskey. <laughs> yes. Yep. 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 Um, so that's the plan. Excellent. <laughs> I'm going to fuck salacious fan blogs but then like go get tested right after <laughs> oh they're viral yeah yeah because <sighs> the like some of the worst ways a human could possibly be end up on the internet end up in salacious fan blogs it's true it's so, very true i just ugh. and then drew like at least trevor loves his kid Drew does not love his kids. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm just going to kill Drew. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, <laughs> out of all the characters, uh-huh. who'd you fuck, who'd you marry, and who'd you kill? Oh, well, I'm going to marry Rafe. <laughs> sure. I might marry him Every time you ask me that question for the rest of the year. That's that's fair. <laughs> he knows how to make quiche. Uh-huh. I mean, when that man, like, he put, uh, he planned ahead and he's like, we're having quiche tomorrow. So I'm to make sure the, the crust is perfect. I'm putting it in the refrigerator now. Fuck you. <laughs> Please. Oh, yes. Fuck me as well. Oh, I'm yep. sorry. You just made no big deal. Just a just just, just a lasagna <laughs> <laughs> from scratch. That's, whatever. Whatever. It's, it's OK. It's OK. Also, you worked out at some point while raising twins. OK. <laughs> and then just went to your tattoo shop friend and just chilled and hung out and has an amazing bike, a Ducati, mm. whatever. Anyway, he's my new husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I think I'm going to kill Trevor. Yeah. Because that man is, I mean, it's just a very exceedingly poorly written character in an exceedingly poorly written book, um, which is saying something. I 
think. Um, <coughs> and I think I'm going to fuck Sloane. Fair. Oh, she's also seemed like a great lay. Yeah, yeah. And very giving. Uh-huh. Lots of fun and rich. Yep. Like, we'd have sex all over that house. In that giant shower. Oh, in the, the mud marble. room. In the mud. Whoa. Well, on those marble countertops uh-huh, uh-huh. in the 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 little like pool house while i was on the side in the pool whatever yeah yep. all of it everywhere it's gonna be great great okay um i would fuck rafe because yeah <laughs> um i'd marry zenny oh yeah wow. yeah she's super sweet and fun she's super sweet and funny super supportive gives good advice uh can hex people and she has like five ants in south pasadena who will fuck up your shit <laughs> do you remember that yes oh god yeah uh, yeah like she's like let me know if you need me to take care of it and, and sloan's like well that'll look good that a like in the newspapers a preschool teacher attacks a, a former nanny she's like no 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 i'll get the ants on it <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. And then I would also kill Trevor. Yeah. He doesn't... Um. At least Drew, I can understand why he does the things that he does. Like, yeah. I understand his motivations. They're terrible. He's a bad person. But he's a person. Yes. Whereas Trevor is... Uh, I, <laughs> like, a tornado? <laughs> But with, like, an angry emoji face. <laughs> He's a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, but less charming. <laughs> and less civilized. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Uh, and the books? Um. Well, I'm going to kill the nanny. Yeah. I'm... Oof. Oof-a-doof. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to kill the nanny. <clears throat> fuck rafe above male nanny <laughs> <laughs> that's good good um i uh, honestly i thought it was really well written it was like it was, it was yeah very well written if you want a very fluffy book with no tension between the main characters except for sexual fun times tension yeah, yeah this is your book that's what i tend to like i i tend to enjoy it more when it's the couple working together against something external mm-hmm but also, like, dealing with their feelings and, like, figuring that out and everything. I mean, I like angst between couples, but I like it when the angst between couples, like, even if, even after they've talked like adults, it's still there. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like when it's well written, it's so good. Which is a little it's rare. Hard. It's in, hard. In our, in our experience. But yeah, no, I thought, like, these two were adults. They knew what they wanted. They mm-hmm. had sex with each other. The sex was great. Hooray. Oh, there's a complication because she married a monster, but, you know, it's, they'll work through it together. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would also fuck Rafe, a buff male nanny. Um, I just, like, I feel at a loss because I, like, don't know who half of these characters are because I haven't read all of her other books. I know, but this is Lucen's book one, so yeah. I feel like a lot of the other characters are going to come up in the in the books coming forward. Probably. I don't know. It's it's real smart on uh, Rebecca Weatherspoon's part to be like, oh, did you want to understand who these people are? Well, you have to read my other books first. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you're a good writer, so sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely fucked that book. I, I enjoyed it. And as 
as much as I was like, oh, this isn't going to be interesting to talk about because it's like rational people being rational. It was so lovely to read that. Um, I'm showing Neil book two right oh now. God. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Zenny. A Marriage of Inconvenience, Loose Ends, book two. She just wanted to claim her inheritance. What she got was a husband. Oh, that's right, because her aunt died. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my God, this 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 writer is good at plotting Oh, my God, like this. Out those oh, Neil, secrets, lies, and a ton and a crap ton of cash spilled on her lawyer's conference room table all came to terms and conditions. Yes, Ooh. let's read that. Also, the oh, cover. The, the cover is so good. The cover is a sassy black woman. With, like, oh, her hair is gorgeous, and she's, like, lowering her sunglasses down and making a, are you fucking kidding me face? I love it. And the colors are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that looks amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, let's, uh, oh, no. What if we read this book, too? I want to read all the books! (laughs) All right, Rebecca Weatherspoon. We'll see you again. (laughs) You've done good, kid. Um... And I'm gonna kill the nanny. I, yeah. I, oh. Yeah. No. No. That's fine. This is this is this done. Uh, okay. All right. So is it time for our favorite game? I think it is. Christine. Yes. <laughs> okay, Claire. What are we reading? What all are we reading? Right, all right. All right. All right. <clears throat> okay. We are reading "Resisting the Rebel." Lisa Brown Roberts and oh I bye bye Lisa Brown Roberts Is there a parenthesis is a part no. of the No Oh wow okay No it's Resisting the Rebel by Lisa Brown Roberts Uh-huh and Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas Hey everybody it's Christine I guess you're wondering how I ended up here. Well, it's a funny story. Cemetery Boys isn't ready for us to read yet. Instead, we're reading Collide by J.R. Link. The theme is still the same, which you'll hear in just a minute, and we still hope to read Cemetery Boys in a future episode. Have you guessed the theme yet? Me neither. Back to the show. Oh, Claire. Civil War. Ooh, that is a very good and not at all correct (laughs) (laughs) guess. I have a guess. Okay. Is it is it mortuaries? Ooh! After our after our our talk at the Valentine's episode, (laughs) I sincerely thought about it, and in fact, did look, and that is how I found Cemetery Boys. But that is not the theme. Ah, okay. It is very hard to pick out, and I apologize for that. No, it's but no, 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 it's, no. I want Christine to guess more because I love her guesses. Um, is it a war? I mean, is that am I right with rebels being <clears throat> no war, no war? Because no I'm war. like, I'm like Northern Ireland. Like, <laughs> what is it? Resisting the rebels and cemetery boys. Yep, cemetery boys. Um. um. I is it teenage goth kids? <gasps> oh, you are so much closer. Oh, okay. I was gonna take a, a like a a big fake guess, which would be like TV news anchors. 
Because <laughs> why not? Okay, goth, goth kids is close. Is it? No. Um, is it emo kids? Kinda. I, I miss emo it's kids. It's kind yeah. of emo kids. It's, well, um, so Resisting the Rebel is about a bad boy. It's about uh-huh. falling in love with a bad boy uh-huh, at school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Cemetery Boys is also about falling in love with the school bad boy. Who hangs oh. out at the cemetery. Okay. Is that yeah. high school, both of them? These are both YA. So it's the high school, the high school bad boy. Yeah. The high school bad boy. Oh. Nice. Um, nice. Okay. I mean, considering like these books and uh, considering like what's going on in them, I do want to give a little bit of a hint. In Cemetery Boys, the bad boy is also a ghost. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Uh, resisting the rebel. <laughs> resisting the rebel. He's a normal kid. It seems like. But are you <laughs> Sure. No, is not there at all. Possibility he because could be a ghost. Here's the disclaimer, oh. and it is a crazy ass disclaimer. This book contains a villain pretending to be a hero, a hero pretending to be a villain, a disco dancing heroine, two overprotective sidekicks, and a little bit of bad language and a whole lot of swoony kissing. What? Yeah. Oh gosh, and which book um, was that for? That seems like a disclaimer. That's about, for like, resisting the, the rebel. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that wasn't a disclaimer. That was a tagline. Yes. Jeez. Okay. Well, that should be interesting. I'm also surprised that you picked high school kids. Um. Because you hate reading high school kids. I do, <laughs> and honestly, because you picked, uh, you picked nannies, okay. and where children had to be in these books yeah i thought you were picking something where you were not going to like at least some of the characters and then sure, they ended sure, up sure. being fine i they thought were fine, yeah. okay let's go to ya that's okay okay that's fair. and yeah so and cemetery boys popped up and once you guys see the cover like i was like oh i really want to read this book so yeah, yeah 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 so um so yeah <gasps> oh my god it looks like the Hardy Boys. Yeah. It looks like fun. It looks like a lot of fun. And there's like a lich. Yep. The, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. So well, now, yeah. And it's it's like, also, I feel like these two aren't actually going to be too, too close together. Like, genre-wise. Yeah. They're both yeah. YA, and they're both about falling in love with a bad boy. After that, I think they diverge entirely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of them is a ghost. One of them is a ghost. Gosh. All right. Well... Thank you, Claire. No, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you very much, authors. <laughs> we we appreciate the hell out of you and the work you've done. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. Please. Thank you, kitty cats. Thank you, kitty cats. Um, listeners, please go to our website. Website. Our website. FMKLitPod.com. Yes, yes, You have yes. to tell them the name of the website. No, you Claire. tell them the name okay. of the website. Your voice is greater than mine. Okay. Greater? Better? Deeper? Lovelier? Well, because I didn't sleep last night. Yeah. You did some Nick Cardboard bidding last night. <laughs> I partied like a cardboard man. But I kind of did soak myself in tequila last night. So, 
here we are. Anyway, but yes, please go to our website, fmklitpod.com. Yep, and the, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the... You can, you can find them all, all those connections right through the web. Tell your friends about us. Tell everybody you love. Listen mm-hmm. to us before you go to bed with your lover. Don't tell the kids that you nanny for. They are probably not old enough to not listen old enough. to this material. Um, wash your hands. <laughs> oh, and then also, uh-huh. keep fucking. <laughs>